I think a rant seems appropriate. What is art? What isn't art? What is a dragon? What is on my last nerve? Me. Hey everybody, welcome to Dragon Academy Dropouts. We are back and it is time to talk about Dragonvine, the new graphic novel that just came out after what feels like 50 million years. Max and Brooke are here and we're going to talk about it. So get out your books and we're going to dive in. Hey guys. Hey. Hello. Do you guys have your books ready? Yes. Do you have everything in front of you? Whether it's graphic graphic oh it's graphic all right (laughs) i said the wrong thing i'm sorry what do you call it when it's on the computer (laughs) a digital copy (laughs) yeah god damn it i forgot the word too whether it's a digital copy or on paper in front of you in your hand physical copy copy. we're gonna have physical copy thank you we are gonna throw it back to english class except it's gonna be way more fun because we're gonna talk about dragons and it's gonna get graphic novel it has the potential to go there doesn't it anyway guys is there somewhere you want to start should we just in general yes. talk about our thoughts brooke what do you sure. think hiccups, hiccup stylish han solo jacket i want to start there here's my theory about this i have a very <laughs> strong theory and i think i'm correct so bear with me here i think that dean feels really bad about what he has done to the cosplayers with how to train your dragon in the hidden world Because if you look at that dragon armor, like, there's a lot going on there. So he's like, you know what? I'm just going to give these guys a 20th century jacket. It's brown leather. You can find it at a thrift store and you guys can just kind of get something together. I love it. That's my theory. That was his costume, his costume, his outfit in the movies. Even though it's like not really Viking-y, but it's very hiccup because it's very different. It's untraditional for what we would expect, so it is very Hiccup. Yes. If anyone would wear a jacket, it would be either Hiccup or Toothless. Toothless in a jacket would look really good. Maybe he made one for Toothless. Toothless in a jacket? I mean, a saddle's kind of like a jacket. I mean, a jacket and a saddle both go on your back, but I can't argue that it's the same thing. He'd be super cute, though. Not hot like Hiccup. Just like, aw. I'm glad that after all these years, Hiccup finally got a chance to wear something that's not the one thing that he wears. <laughs> <laughs> Remember back during like Race to the Edge release times when people are like, I want to see them in different outfits as like their predictions for new seasons? This is like a newish outfit, I guess. I mean, I can, I think I can confirm that that part of this that they were this was an intention to be like we're gonna we're gonna put him in another outfit just because you know just because you know he's been in this outfit this whole time and it's just weird for animated characters to have another outfit so we're just gonna do it because of that i completely missed when the outfit changed the first time i had to go back and find the panel where it happened because i was like did he really just like change the outfit without any kind of context whatsoever but no i was wrong i was wrong there's like that one panel of him holding up his stuff. And I'm like, oh, there it is. Page 24. 
for your reference at home. To his modern AU hiccup outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All the motorcycle AU people out there, they they got what they deserved. Just scrolling through to see what else. Ooh, snap trappers. Love it. I'm so glad they included those because I really wanted to see those in the show. And they never had them. And I'm like, oh, maybe this season we'll get like the snap trappers. We never did. And I was kind of disappointed because ever since the Book of Dragons, I've always wanted to see them. Yeah, that's like, true. Right. It has been a long time. In the movies. Have we ever seen them in the show? Ever? No. No. I mean, they are pretty distinctive dragons and probably also pretty hard to animate because they've got a lot of heads. Are they the ones that lure you with chocolate smell? Yeah. Or is that a different one? Yeah, that's them. Yeah. Yeah. Then Yeah, those are the ones that I wanted to see, but I never did. So this is kind of all I'm getting, which is cool. I'm glad that they snuck in there at the last second. Because we really are kind of kind of reaching the end of our time to get these dragons in here. What do you mean, they, end of our time? It. Well, like with Dean creating these different parts of the franchise, you know? The next movie is allegedly the last one of Hiccup and the Gang's adventures. So Don't forget who, DreamWorks Dragons Rescue Riders. We don't even know what that's going to be yet. So Oop-ay. seeing these dragons in like the original <laughs> stream of the content is... It's nice. It's fulfilling. Speaking of things that are not nice and fulfilling, everybody flip to page 52 and look at that soak spinner because that is nasty. Okay. As someone who does not like spiders, (laughs) that is nasty. Oh, yeah. It's got a forked tongue. It's got four eyes and it's an angry mama. Look at the little babies. (laughs) You know what's really cute on this page, though? The toothless at the bottom. Look at him. Page 52. Very intense. Very Scree cute, though. Itch. He's about to itch. almost get killed. He's very lying. But not quite. Not quite. Wouldn't it be what it- crazy? Wouldn't it be crazy if Toothless died in Dragonvine? Wouldn't that just be like, what? That would be pretty wild. It would be wild. I kind of, I don't know, I don't want to be like, I, I wish they killed Toothless, but wouldn't that be something? It'd be original, that's for sure. Killing off the character that's in the movie that's about to come out. Yeah, there'd be some explaining needed for that one. But what a way to boost your graphic novel sales, am I right? <laughs> there still may be one more graphic novel, so so they still have their chance to kill Toothless. Before he comes back in Dragon 3. Miraculous Has this been survival. talked about? Which, what? A third graphic novel. Max. I mean, by <laughs> whom? <laughs> Is this common knowledge? Um, <laughs> edit this out. Edit it out. <laughs> edit all of this out. No, don't. Um, so... I am not sure where they are in the process of the third graphic novel, but they have a story planned out for it, and they have a title for it. It's called The Fire Tides, and it's the third in sort of the, well, I don't know if there's a definitive end to the graphic novel universe, but I think 
the first three were kind of planned out together as kind of bridging Dragon 2 and Dragon 3. And so the third one is the Fire Tides, and that one is, um, well, I don't, I don't really know what it's about, but it's supposedly, it's, it's supposedly kind of a continuation of, like, Hiccup learning to be a chief. Um, and one of the things we see along the path toward Dragon 3 is Burke changing. So I think my impression is that part of that will be Burke changing, and we'll see more of that in Dragon 3. Like, why are the houses on sticks? I don't know. But we might find out in the Fire Tides. Well, like, even in this graphic novel, you can already see that Hiccup's kind of getting that idea into his mind. Because at the end, he's like, oh, we got to open up Burke. We got to expand it. We need to help everything. Like, every dragon or human, like, they all need to come to Burke. You know, it's like, and he says it's just more, it's not a place, it's a people. So he's already getting those, like, seeds of we gotta, you know, change it and make it welcome for everything, not just Vikings. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go in the next one then. That was really the part in this graphic novel that took me toward the hidden world. Because I'd say for the most part in this, it's like, okay, new dragon, okay, We've got this mysterious threat, allegedly from Drago, that we're dealing with. So, like, that's all fine. But at the end, when you kind of learn more about his mindset and kind of what his political views are as a leader in a way, that kind of put in my mind, like, okay, this is the purpose of this novel. It's moving us forward instead of just giving us more content. It's expanding on what we know moving forward to the movie bringing us one step closer to disaster Burke in Dragon 3. (laughs) I mean, I'm all for open borders, but, you know, you've got to... It's a small island, is what I'm saying here. You can only build your houses on sticks so high. How are they going to pay for it? Dragons are going to pay for it. (laughs) Like, I can just... I really hope it's in the movie where... Like, there's just these constant dragons still coming in, and you just see Astrid, like, her eye twitching. Like, this is enough. And Hiccup's like, no, we need more. And it's just this swarm of dragons everywhere. Because it would be, like, the equivalent of, like, my boyfriend bringing home, like, 50 cats. And then I'm like, okay, I love cats, but I don't want 50 of them in my tiny house. And he's like, all right, but we got to save them. And then he goes and brings (laughs) home like another 20 cats. I hope that scene is there in Dragon 3. And if not, when we meet Dean next week, let us propose to add that scene because (laughs) I need to see it now. Okay. Unrealistic point one, that we're going to meet Dean. We will meet Dean. Unrealistic point two. Adding in a scene when they're 88% of the way done with the film. <laughs> they're going to have to move that thing back. <laughs> it's an important scene. We're only 80, 80% done now. We got to add in some stuff. I, I, you know, I know we're placing a burden on them, but I'm willing to do my part. I will, I will score it. John Powell doesn't have to score it. I will do that. I will do it. You know what we need to do then is we need to go into their test screenings. And when they're like, oh, what did you guys dislike about it? We could just be like, it needs more scenes where Hiccup keeps bringing home a 
bundle of dragons and Astrid's going to lose her marbles. We just give them really specific scene examples yeah. and they'd be like, this isn't helpful. <laughs> this is not what we wanted, but it's what we've got. How do you get invited to one of those? You don't. You just get picked and they don't even tell you what movie you're watching. So you mean like the film comes on the screen and it's like, how to train your dragon and then they're dragons. And it's like, well, what do you think about that mystery film you just saw? Yeah. Like you get like you get into a screening and you don't they don't tell you what you're going to be watching. And then it just turns out that you're watching dragons. I remember when the second one came out, that's how a lot of leaks came out because people got into screenings of it and they were like, "Oh, I got into the screening of Dragons 2 and this happened." And And there was I think there's some online and people surveys got really mad. too. Yeah. Yeah. There were some online surveys too where uh, people would be magically selected to answer questions about plot points for how to train your dragon too. Oh yeah, uh, I do remember that. Which is weird. Like, is that really useful? I don't know. I wonder who suggested the plot point of Stoic dying. That was Del Toro, right? Was it? I'm oh, pretty yeah, sure I it, was. it was. Yeah. That's okay then. Could you imagine if, like, you were one person in the audience and you're like, you'll be really funny if they killed off Stoic. And then they did. I think and- <laughs> his dad needs to die. And Dean's like, oh, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Write it in. That's probably why it got delayed, because they had to add that scene in. See, guys, we can make an impact. (laughs) I mean, we did make an impact, right? Like, we were like, we want freckles. And Dean was like, all right. That's true. So here, we just have to be like, we want Astrid to lose her marbles. What if we were all like, we want Stoic. Do you think he would bring Stoic back? If every fan was like, <clears throat> we want Ooh, Stoic back. I mean, that's hard. Do you think Dean would be like, okay, I'll give you, I'll give you a Stoic? I think he's not going to jump the shark. It might be easier to try to convince Richard Hamilton to kill Toothless mm-hmm. You're in right, the Fire Tides. You should yeah. ask him. Definitely. Next week on Dragon Academy Dropouts, Richard Hamilton gets harassed by Max <laughs> to kill the main character. I mean, I don't want Toothless to die. I just think, wow, that would be a real decision like a real decision that i don't know i don't know i don't know where that would lead but i want to know i want to know where that would lead like when i'd like to find out more about the collaboration process that goes on with creating these graphic novels because there's a lot of people involved you've got two writers there were two different artists that worked on this you know like Mm -hmm. there's a lot that goes into writing a story as it is like how do you decide what gets left in like who writes what dialogue and does dean get the final say on everything like i'd be really interested to know about this stuff so my impression of this is that um dean is sort of active in developing the story and breaking the story and and signs off on the story but the dialogue itself and and like the panel by panel like outline of the story is richard hamilton so i think most dialogue is written by richard hamilton did he talk about this at all in your Birch Grapevine interview with him like two years ago? Was it two years ago? It was a long was time it? ago. I don't know. When did a the year Serpentair ago. come out? We talked a couple times. Um, it was more than a year. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he talked a little bit about like the process. And that's that's where 
I have been pulling facts from. Yeah, and he also talked about uh, the art as well, which I think we're not ready to... We're not ready for this yet, this discussion. We're not ready but, to talk about the art? Well, I mean, we, should, sure? we shouldn't talk about it yet. I think, I think he, you all should talk about it, and then I'll talk about what he said. About okay. the art? About the art. I mean, the art is good. I've yeah, I agree. So All right, so let's move on now. <laughs> the art is very distinct. Like, you can tell one artist's art style from the other, and they're both yeah. very different. It's they both have different, different strengths. Yeah, it's like a different style of the artist. Like, you know how every artist has, like, that specific kind of style that you can look at them and be like, oh, yeah, so-and-so drew this. Yeah, yeah. like, it's when I like, draw something, they're like, oh, my God, Max <laughs> drew that one. <laughs> Exactly. I don't, yeah, I don't want to say like some of the characters are like exaggerated. I don't think that's the word I'm looking for, but they're just stylized very differently. So here's sort of the way that I'm thinking about the two. So the first, uh, oh, I'm not forgetting the names of the, the people involved. I've got it right here. Cool. The first artist is Doug Wheatley. Yes. So the the first section of the book is really detailed right so like every single panel is super detailed like you can see the little bits of stubble on fish face right which i'm sure it's too bad caitlin isn't here i'd spend more time on that just dissecting every little stubble every little stubble right like everything is really detailed the backgrounds are detailed the characters are detailed um it's like super detail but as far as action well there isn't too much action in the first well the first what however many pages 15 the first 15 pages there's not too much in the way of action but i think the strength here is not the action but the detail right like everything is really beautiful and you want to put it up on like a as like a like a wallpaper or something on your computer like it's very pretty but you don't really see the actions of these characters like so they're so they're in character in that like they look really detailed but you don't really see them fully expressing like how they move and how they interact and and kind of like the energy of the characters and in the second part um you see more so it is more stylized and so the the art style changes and the way that the characters look change a little bit but like you see like i think it was distinctive about this other than the fact that it's a little more stylized is that every single panel is crazy action like not necessarily like action but there's energy in every single body position right like when you draw people often you're sort of tempted to draw kind of like this static kind of like t-pose type character right um, and that's not the case here. Like everyone is really engaged. So I think I think a good example of this, if you go to page 25, there's the four panels and you see Toothless fighting the silk spinners in the first one. And then the next three are all action shots of Hiccup doing various things. And now if you were looking at like a film or an animated episode of a TV show, you probably wouldn't see these types of facial expressions and poses. It just would be weird. But here, in this medium, you can really kind of exaggerate and play with 
kind of the whimsy of the characters, I think. Where, like, Hiccup just kind of jumping weirdly. Like, that doesn't make sense in any other medium in my mind than comic format. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the pose at the bottom where he's, like... And this artist does it very well. But it, I think it's also... All of them are, like, very, very Hiccup, right? So you can... It's like, some people say, oh, it doesn't look like Hiccup. I think... It, well, I, first of all, I think it does look like a Hiccup. But he he acts like hiccup right like it is exaggerated but it's like everyone acts like the way that they act right it's so just it's, like a it's very a lot about stylized motion, version right? of them it's a lot about action page 48 that top left panel where they're flying and hiccup's face is all like happy and windswept and toothless is like really really cute um like, Hiccup in that shot, it might not look like this is Hiccup from the movie. But you can tell that, like, it's his personality. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. With with all of these, like, everything is funny. Right? Like, every, every pose every character is in is, like, there's, like, some humor to it. Even if it's not necessarily, like, that's a joke right there. That's a joke. It's, like... Eret on the top of page 49. That's funny, right? Like, that's just funny that he, he looks weird and, and the pose that he's in is funny, right? Or the fight scene on page 55 with Tough Nut and Eret and Ruff. Like, it's just funny, right? Like, the pose Ruff is in. Like, I'm not laughing right now, but it's funny, right? Like, right. it's humorous. It's comedic. Um, and I think that captures the style of, well, it's, it captures an aspect of the style that maybe isn't in the first part as much. And it captures aspects of her character too. Like we're getting one battle from one page. You have to display the action in one shot and we can kind of see each character's kind of mannerisms reflect their personalities that we would see if we were seeing a full animated fight in a way. So, so I yes, guess don't don't come for the artists around here because Max will stand his ground and he will I will, <laughs> I will defend define, them. I will I will defend all vine content. All vine content. I mean old dragon content too, but like dragons plus vines, I mean come on. This is kind of stepping away from what we were talking about, but Max, you pointed something out to me that there was perhaps a direct grapevine reference in this where was that i mean the title yes but besides that there was a mention of grapes and you were like that's unusual that can't be why? a coincidence i mean it could be a coincidence it's just like why would you why why are they just randomly grapes i mean i i don't want to now now the way that you introduced it it makes it sound like it's a conspiracy theory like there are grapes in here why but well, yeah, they do mention grapes once. Yeah. If that's, that's true. the biggest conspiracy theory we've got, then I think we're doing okay. And now I can't even find it, but it's in there. Tough Nut says it. But grape seed sounds like a reference to something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should rename the site Grape Seed Dragon Vine. <laughs> you know what we need to talk about, though? What do we need to talk about? What is up? What is wrong with Skullcrusher? I can't believe that dragon. What do you mean? 
I mean, like, what's wrong with him? Nothing. He's perfect just the way he is. He's sad because Stoic is dead and he's stuck with Eret. Oh my god, guys. Go to page 56 at the bottom. I never noticed that Grump just like face plans into the ground for Gobber to get off of him. <laughs> Sorry, everybody, that I'm basically just spending this whole episode throwing page numbers out there, but that is hilarious. See? Funny. I enjoy it's it. Funny, relatable. The funniest um, part, I think, of this entire one is when Toothless almost dies. Hilarious. Super funny. But also very sad because Hiccup gives a dramatic speech about how they're going to go home and glide side by side. Or we'll go wherever you want. Even Itchy Armpit. What did Itchy yeah, Armpit that's, do? Yeah. Why is he throwing shade at Itchy Armpit? What's wrong with Itchy Armpit? Even Don't Itchy disrespect armpit. the pit. What is that about? Did I miss something? Didn't they like destroy it? No, it was like a pillar behind it. I don't know. I'm trying to see what else I like. Oh, um, the return of the shot limits. Oh yeah. They're like they're like, oh no, our dragon shot limits. And I'm like, yes. Because <laughs> that kind of disappeared for a while. That's definitely a trope within the series where if it's convenient, there are shot limits. But yep. if it's not convenient, it's just not a thing. Like at the end of Dragons 2, when all those dragons were shooting at the bewilder beast. They didn't have no shot limits because they were all going at it for like <laughs> who knows how long. And now they're fighting a little bit and they're like, uh-oh, our, our dragons reached their shot limit. And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot that that was a thing until the TV shows and the <laughs> second movie a little bit. But the, sec like, the second movie, not really because I don't think the dragons did enough to reach their shot limits like there wasn't enough kind of action time for them to do that right but it's good to see them coming back on stuff like that it's a nice throwback does anybody have any thoughts on the new characters this tribe that we get which ones do they give them a name i know the one character gets a name but i can't remember I was looking for it earlier, but I never got to find it. Sorry, everybody. I'm not prepared. 100%. Um, I am 100% prepared, as usual. Okay. What are their names? What's the name called? Oh, I don't know if the tribe has a name. So I'm prepared, but I'm useless. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe one of you guys was paying better attention than we were, and you know. Does anybody else think that this might be Dean's way of, like, addressing people's complaints about diversity over the past couple years? That's what I was thinking, too. Because, you know, we know that he listens, to some things at least. And people have quite loudly made their displeasure known that there are have not been many characters of color in the franchise. So when I flipped the page and I saw that there were people of color as new characters that was a pleasant surprise but i was like oh wow i think i was just hoping that like they weren't just really sneakily evil do you know what i mean yeah i mean like, they oh, we sort of the were right? yeah but they had complex 
intentions True. for what they were doing. Yeah. Because then it goes back to that whole thing where it's like, oh, there's people of color finally. Oh, but they're evil. Like, just kidding. They can't be peaceful people. But I don't know. It's just. Yeah, it definitely addressed more complex themes than just. Okay, yeah, here's sure. some new characters, and oh, somebody's got to be the villain, so I guess it's going to be the new characters. Maybe their intentions with the dragon vine weren't 100% pure, but you can understand where that decision came from. If it comes yeah. to finding a way to save your people versus just bowing at the feet of Drago, then, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to try to come up with a solution and maybe studying this plant finding out what it's doing might be the answer and one thing that was kind of touching again was you know in serpent's air we saw the young chief kind of i guess kind of take charge at the end and then this time you also see the younger generation saying like i've got this under control at the end so you're really seeing like the new the new guard of all these tribes, like, stepping up. Just like Hiccup's a young chief, you see the next generation of these other cultures, I suppose, mm -hmm. coming to the forefront of their communities and taking on leadership. I wonder if the third story would also be about... I mean, all of this is about Hiccup becoming a chief, but in the first we see Calder, who is kind of Hiccup gone wrong, right? Where, like, Hiccup, if he didn't... Uh, take responsibility and became creepy dragon guy. Um, <laughs> here we see kind of again another tribe, another kind of you know this could also be like an alternate universe that Hiccup and and Burke could go down. Um, but you know maybe it's a learning experience. So maybe in the third we'd also see sort of this other group of people, and and I wonder what the lesson would be for Hiccup. I mean, what is the lesson here? What did Hiccup learn as a leader? Everybody open your books. <laughs> what did Hiccup learn today? He learned to go to Itchy Armpit while Toothless is still alive. <laughs> because by How to Train Your Dragon 3, who knows? So go there. Go there, Hiccup. I think we see another example of messing with ecosystems is very bad because the silk spinners they moderated the level of the dragon vine but if you're driving away one then the other one kind of takes over so don't kill these. spiders oh that's not what i was saying at all kill but spiders sure. <laughs> <clears throat> at the end too it says a lot about like because kind of what we were talking about before where he's talking about how he realizes that he's kind of like his dad and thinking that Burke's more than just an island. Like it's a people and it's a culture and it's a way, like kind of a way of life now, I guess. So he's realizing that just like what he says at the very end, like that they need to open up Burke to anyone in need instead of just kind of sheltering them into place which we know from the third movie that he kind of takes it a little bit too far but yeah kind of turns into a disaster <laughs> you also see him He's talk learning. about you also see him talk about on page 83 how there are choices and if he says you can end the cycle of aggression so instead of 
seeing your enemy and saying, okay, I've got this enemy, I need to fight back and destroy them, and I'm going to find my way of, you know, weaponizing dragons, then, you know, instead of just fighting against it, they can, you know, understand the world around them and come to peace with it and work together to make a more peaceful world, as opposed to just saying, I'm going to look out for me and me alone. Because if you're just looking out for your own people, you're not thinking about how you can help others and kind of serve the whole community, you're really not solving any problems. You're just kind of pushing them off to where things will just build and build and build to the point that everybody's fighting each other instead of trying to solve the big problems at hand. Is this just a big immigration debate? Is this just, is this just about immigration? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Okay. I'm Uh, glad that we solved that. I don't think so. This is just a big allegory for um acceptance of everybody so i mean i was i was nice to dragonvine before and i like dragonvine and i like dragons but can i be mean now i think i get one mean point i think you get one shot okay i get one shot i i, I get one shot shot My limit shot limit exactly <laughs> I, I i've recharged here i can now get one shot right at dragonvine um is this not a story about how white guy hiccup comes and tells people of color how to live their lives i mean did he learn anything from them um did like what did he learn like the flow Hold on, of knowledge i gotta open my book back up and think about this critically <laughs> the flow of knowledge and the flow of power is going one direction in this story right it's not really a story where they learn from each other and Hiccup... I mean, I don't know. Maybe you'd argue that Hiccup does learn things. And Hiccup, you know, there are lessons to be learned from from this new group of people that they're meeting, right? And I think there are. But I think if you look at the the power dynamics here, it's going one way, right? So there you go. There's my criticism of Dragonvine. At the bottom of page 83, I think you have a bit of I'm a right point, on it. but I'm going to give you evidence that may work against your point. At the bottom of page 83, Hiccup's giving this speech about how, you know, they don't have to fight against aggressors and that he can teach them how to train your dragons. And I believe his name, I'm going to butcher this. I know you've been waiting all episode, Max, for me to butcher his name, but guess what? Mm. Here's your opportunity now. Bayana? Bayana, Bayana. I'm going to say Bayana. Sorry if I'm destroying this. Bayana says, thanks, but I've got it. So he's basically telling Hiccup, like, you know, you helped out here, but we don't need you to do everything for us. We can, you know, we can handle it and deal with our issues. And then you see him and Eret join hands and like, it's not perfect, but they're kind of forging this truce and saying, okay, we kind of established peace and what our goals are going to be here and let's hope that it takes root and continues and you know spreads yeah i mean i don't know um right above the panel where hiccup is saying to toothless i'd say our work our work's done here bud right i don't know and then and then there's the page 83 uh the center panel it's kind of like hmm I don't know. It's kind of a weird dynamic. I'm being mean. 
I get my mean point. I've I've exhausted my shot limit here. I don't really know how to build off of this, to be honest, because I feel like this is a point that other people have made and it's out there and, you know. People have talked about this? I don't, I don't know. I, like, I, just because the main character's white and yeah. they're, you know, the heroes of the story, mm-hmm. does that mean that... No, right. Like, I was mean, this bad that he stopped them from weaponizing the dragon vine? No, I mean, I think in its own, as a story independently on its own, there's nothing wrong with it, right? It's just it is now part of this sort of uh, collection of stories of white people coming in and sort of being mostly perfect uh, and and sort of being the only actor in the story. I don't want all the characters to be white people, right? It's hard, right? It's hard writing stories, and I'm not a writer, and I'm kind of, to some extent, glad I'm not, because then I don't have to deal with this, right? This is sort of a challenge of how do you write a story where that doesn't fit into this sort of narrative? I don't know. This isn't really an argument I'm prepared to have right now. Same. <laughs> We should save this for another episode. <laughs> the race episode. What a good idea. Well, thank you for listening to Dragon Academy Dropouts. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a way to transition this conversation back to something I think not controversial. I think it would be a good idea to delete it all. <laughs> we can because keep it in. We can I mean we can keep you it in. You have your shot. Yeah. But now what? I don't know. We're usually a very superficial podcast, so, you know, it's hard. Put that in the intro. Put that in the intro. <laughs> We're usually a very superficial podcast. Have fun editing this one. Don't remind me. I think it's it's nice to see a different culture reacting to dragons. Yes. I think we've seen a lot of people very similar to the Berkian Viking way work with or against dragons but i think seeing a group that appears very different is very interesting and who knows what we'll get in the third graphic novel what is it called flaming tides uh, or something the fire tides fire tides the fire tides is that a real thing or are you just messing with us i'm just messing with you nah it's real if I would have to go back and edit all of that stuff out because you were just playing an elaborate joke, I would have been really upset. <laughs> no, search the fire tides on Google. I'm doing it right now. Then you'll see how elaborate my joke is. Even Richard Hamilton <laughs> is in on it. My internet's really slow, so this backfired on me. Okay, never mind. You guys can all Google it yourself and see if it's real. It's it's on the, the How to Train how Your to Dragon, train your dragon wiki. wiki. Yeah, you know, if it's on the How to Train Your Dragon Wiki, you know it's real. Is that why they took Rescue Riders down? Because it's not real? Yep, exactly. Not real. <laughs> we should ask Dean. Dean. Rescue Riders. You're right. Good plan. Is it real? Also, I want to see Asher get really, really angry at Hiccup because he keeps bringing dragons in. <laughs> Write that down on your list of requests. And when we allegedly... Probably not, but in your dreams, meet Dean. You can give him a list and be like, I have some suggestions. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> and he'll be like, who is this self-entitled punk? I'm going to throw this away as soon as we get backstage. And that'll be that.
Yeah. That's, I can't imagine, you know, who wouldn't, as the creator of a film, want a list of suggestions from a random <laughs> fan? You know. But you're not just any fan, Max. You're a journalist. I'm a journalist. <laughs> this is going to be the thing for your season four, isn't it? You you brought it up. I was not going to bring it up again. That's my own fault. Yeah, it's your fault. Okay. So since this was my fault, can I lighten the mood a bit? Okay. I think we need to talk about something really important. And that is, which shot of Toothless from the graphic novel is the cutest? Good. Okay. Good. Yes. We've got four nominees here. I picked them out. Everybody get out your novels. Do we vote? Are we going to let them vote? You guys can give your opinions and then we'll let the people vote. Oh. Your the first... people, people don't know. The people don't know what they like. <laughs> we got to tell them. <laughs> Spoken like a true journalist. Okay. <laughs> journalist. Toothless journalist. number one. At the bottom of page 19, Hiccup is swinging his sword. Toothless is dodging it and looking adorable. That's bottom right on page 19. I like it. Toothless number two is on page so that 39. Was, 19 was oneless. 39 is toothless. Toothless. 33 Josh. or whatever. Threeless. That sound right there was my dog shaking. So I think that was a vote for number two from my dog. At the bottom of page 39, Hiccup's giving a dramatic speech and Toothless is hamming it up. I like that one. That's my favorite so far. One. Good. Okay. The next one. Page 43. 43, bottom left. Toothless is super adorable. He's meeting new people. He loves them. He's, He's good. so cute. He is good. I like that. That, too. by the way, that is the panel where the dragon vine was planted on him. I mean, I don't know. We don't really get that panel. We don't get it. But... It's like the closest. It's the only time when it could have happened if it did happen here. So Ooh, there it good is. Good catch. Yeah. Good catch. All right. And the final toothless that I'm nominating for cutest toothless is on page 70. So we'll all flip to the back here. And page 70 at the bottom, he is a licky oh, boy. He is licky one. on the bottom right mm, and so adorable. Hard. So hit the comments below. Let us know. Which toothless you think is the cutiest patootiest? My dog votes for toothless. Let is us that, know if you think it's oneless, toothless, threeless, or fourless. Is it is toothless the one on page thirty nine? Yes. I vote toothless. Toothless page is the best toothless. Nineteen, thirty nine, forty three, or seventy. Oneless, toothless, threeless, and fourthless. You I vote it. toothless. <laughs> okay. Other important things, because I need to just hit some main points here that I have on my little list here. I just think it's really funny. At the bottom of page 31, it looks like Hiccup is dabbing. I just think that's really funny. That is also what I thought. <laughs> it's not important. It's not relevant in any way to dab anything cup. we've discussed. But that is a dab, my friends. Arrow dab. Dab so. cup. And then, and then Eret's doing something weird in that one, too. He's messing with his return wing. <laughs> return wing. That's pretty funny. I, I like how they played with the boomerang. What is a because boomerang? What Eret is a boomerang? <laughs> Do you mean the return wing? Is that what you mean? 
Yes, Eret looks like he's he'd be someone who has a return wing. It just fits. I want a return wing. You'd hurt yourself. <laughs> True. I mean, Hiccup invented it. I bet he would hurt himself with a return wing. I mean, I'm just assuming Hiccup invented it because it's called the return wing and it's stupid. So, of course, it's Hiccup. <laughs> it's super extra because you're just lighting a piece of wood on fire and just chucking it and it's about to fly back at you. Like, how does that not burn his hand? He doesn't even have a glove on. Another random point I'd like to make that didn't really fit in with the rest of the conversation, but I just felt like it was very entertaining. Astrid's reaction to meeting this new tribe on page 40. Yet another piece of evidence as to why she should not be chief. Because she is like, we saved you guys. Why are you not thanking us? Just poor diplomacy all around. Sorry, Astrid, but this is a fail in my book. I don't criticize her very much, but... When you do, you go all in. <laughs> A complete disaster. Complete disaster. A disaster of diplomacy. What would Stoic say? He would be like, yeah, you're right about that. You shouldn't be chief. <laughs> nope. You're a good general. You should just be general. I mean, if Stoic was there, she probably wouldn't even be talking. The power dynamic would be a little shifted at that point. Yeah. But you gotta... I mean, that's what Hiccup's doing right now. He's just thinking... WWSS, what would Stoic say? <laughs> I think he thinks about that a lot these days. That's that's probably what he's thinking about on the bottom of page 40, right there. With this like mass like thinking cup. Think cup right there. Bottom of page 40. He's like WWSS. WWSS. Ah, <laughs> oh, I see what's going on here. WWSS. <laughs> I just got kind of sad. Stoic. He's dead. Come back. He's dead. We all petition Dean to bring him back. Yeah, Dean. So here's some things for you, Dean. Here's our list. We want <laughs> Astrid. We want Astrid to be mad at Hiccup for the dragons. We want you to bring Stoic back. We want you to kill Toothless. What else? <laughs> Is there anything I'm missing? I'm sure there's something, but we've just been on such a roller coaster tonight. I can't remember. And is the rescue riders real? Thanks, Dean. We want people of color, but we don't want Hiccup to teach them anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can teach them things. It just needs to be a, a, a flow of information that goes both ways. That's what I want. That's the That's ideal. Fair. ideal. That is fair. All right, guys. Any other favorite moments before we wrap up here? Toothless. 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 You know what I liked? What? Dragonvine. Dragon vine. All of it. I like it too. But I really liked on the last page Toothless and Stormfly. Look at them. Look at them. <laughs> that is pretty cute. It's pretty cute. I don't know why that wasn't entered as one of the as fifeless. Look at that bottom jaw on Toothless. Just look at it. <laughs> it's so thick. <laughs> He's got a jaw. Just look at that right side of that panel. Don't look at anything that's going on on the left side. Just, I'm just going to cover this up. Perfect. There's kind of a lot going on on the left side there that we just don't have time to talk about today. Yeah, they never kissed. What's with that? She rested her head on his shoulder. 
you know what I realized? That I... Okay, I've only, like, gone one time into dragon fandom territory for Dragonvine stuff because I've been trying to avoid spoilers. But I don't see any braids on Hiccup. Oh. In the second yeah. half here. Hmm, Did I miss see, them? see, I've always thought... Just like each nub on Toothless is a new year of age, each braid on Hiccup is a new year of marriage. So they're divorced. <laughs> they're done. <laughs> wow, I'm glad that we cleared that up. But along those lines, along those lines, it seems like Sarah is going to have to have a word with Dean. Okay. So, so yeah. So maybe... All right. This is where I own up to my mistakes. I I fell for a piece of fake dragon news. I saw something and I thought it was real. And I jumped to conclusions because I wanted it to be real. But it wasn't real. And I brought it onto the show. And that was irresponsible of me. And I apologize. And I will have words with Dean if we run into each other. But those words will be thank and you. So... I don't know about you guys, but I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Tiff, we're going to hang out with Brooke. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Dragon meat. Guys, if you're listening and you're going to Tiff, let us know. We hope to run into you there. If you see us, come say hi. We'd love to say hi to you. Just approach slowly because I'm anxious. And approach me quickly. Forward... <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to hopefully getting to chat with some of you guys about the new exciting stuff we're going to see. It's very exciting gonna be awesome maybe there are braids here and they're just very subtle but i'm looking at multiple shots and i'm not seeing them there's gotta be a close-up shot from the right side there's a butt shot <laughs> there's a couple in here i think page 25 bottom left you're welcome do we got a booty yes he do do we got a booty yes he do he got Did a thuck. A, <laughs> <laughs> a what? <laughs> a thuck. That's a T H U K for everyone listening at home. <laughs> he got a thuck. That's right, Max. Thank you. 25 bottom left. He got a thuck. All right. <laughs> and he got a check check. <laughs> Bottom right, 25. All righty. Guys, we look forward to seeing some of you guys at TIFF. And we'll be back next week with kind of a recap and reaction to the whole weekend that we're going to have up in Toronto. If you guys enjoyed our discussion of Dragonvine or if you thought it was trash, let us know. You can find us on Twitter and on Tumblr. We are at dragondropouts.com. On Twitter, we are at dragondropouts. You can send us a message there, follow us, and you can stream all of our episodes on SoundCloud and on iTunes. We are the Dragon Academy Dropouts. So thank you for listening. Check us out there. And we look forward to hearing from you soon. Max, Brooke, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you. Good night. <laughs>